2: Happer and Shaper. He says I take no joy in life. I can see that. Coming at you live from Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Why, why are you yelling at me?
0: Whatever, make me a bicycle clown! On
2: 937 a Ticket and the Ticketfm.com. Connor Happer. You might want to look away for this. Mike Shaper. My boy's a wicked smart. <laughs> this is Happer and Shaper. Good morning. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday. It is Happer and Schaefer. Connor Happer, Mike Schaefer with you here on 93.7 The Ticket and the ticketfm.com. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Connor. How are you? Oh, uh, I,
0: yeah. That basketball game, man. That was. Uh,
2: Sucks the life out of you.
0: That was brutal. And I was like sort of late getting there because I. Took a really stupid route, and then had to fight downtown traffic, and then it was just so. Like I walk in, and it was actually tied when I walked in, and then by the time I sat down, Michigan had scored, I think, like eight straight points, and then it just never, yeah. never got closer than that.
2: Yeah, I mean, even at the even at the start of the game, when Nebraska was kind of competing there a little bit, um, there wasn't any buzz in the building whatsoever. I mean, DP and I were talking about it yesterday on on his show at Barry's. And he was like, well, I think it's going to be a good crowd tonight. And I was like, ah, I'm not so sure. People were – you mentioned it the other day. Um, people were checked out on this thing. And, yeah. And, and, to a to a level – I mean, Nebraska's had really bad teams before. and um, But there was a certain pride, I think, from Nebraska basketball fans. And like, hey, man, I, w- I was there. I was around during those times. And, mm-hmm. and we would try to take any little piece out of that that we could or, or have a thing that we were good at doing or – have a player or you know have that big home game where Texas is coming to town or Kansas or you know whatever it might be um, and right now it's just like you know nothing yeah it, it, it's it's as low it's as low as I've seen and heard Fred Hoyberg last night in the post game um, it's as low as I've seen the Nebraska basketball fan base I and granted I haven't been around it for that long um, but I've been but I, I've known it for you know a good portion of my life here, and it, it's just really, really in a tough spot right now. Really in a tough spot.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not uh, it's not an enjoyable product by any means, um, and I think you've you've hit sort of a breaking point for a fan base that like just has watched a lot of losing. People have attended a lot of losses. I mean, I had a couple people I tweeted last night that you're looking for, for optimism, Nebraska doesn't play at home again for two weeks, so there you go.
2: And by the way, people do this when I talk about the crowd at the basketball games, like, what What are you talking about? You, you know, why are you blaming the crowd? I am not blaming the crowd. crowd I want to make to this very clear. I, I am not blaming the crowd. The crowd just,
0: just represents where Nebraska basketball correct. atmosphere and fan base is at. I am simply
2: observing that nobody is interested. It felt like there were 10,000 people in the building last night who were all led there because they were being arrested and this was jail. That's what it felt like in the building last night. And what that's not their jail. fault. That's that's not Nebraska basketball fans' fault. That's the team's fault. I, so I'm not I, – I people keep doing that when I say – when I talk about the crowd, stop. That's not what I'm talking about. So, I I mean,
0: I don't even know where – where you start to win people back other than just straight winning games. But it's like I said, I mean, there's so much of a of a beat-down mentality right now where you just saw a football team wallow through 3-9 and nine and lose in every way imaginable. Now you have a basketball team that isn't particularly fun to watch. There's no one that you've been watching for several years that you kind of, you know, like there's no Ty Webster that you want to see at the top of the mountain, so to speak. Um, you don't have that. There's really... N- it just feels like a lack of connectivity um, at this moment. And part of that is just there's no real reason to be excited. That's it.
2: I, the, the lack of connectivity is something that I tried to point out a little bit last night. And, and we want to take your thoughts on calls here, 402-464-5685. I want to get to a phone caller in a second, but let's just start things off here. The, the connectivity thing is something that I tried to point out last night a little bit on Twitter. And that's the thing that I think makes this this quote-unquote rock bottom a little bit different from the previous ones with Nebraska basketball. Like I was just explaining, I mean, there was always – there was something that you could kind of hold on to, whether it's, I mean, this this guy will be good in a couple years. The way that they've built and rebuilt this team now three times over the last three seasons feels like they, you know, projecting it forward, it's just going to happen again. So then – what would lead you to believe that if they rebuilt the entire team again without McGowan's and Verge and you know whoever else Lat Walker, right? <laughs> All of those people, and they're going to rebuild the entire roster again and and start over. The things that the things that win in this league are continually, um. You know, teams that have kind of grown up together a little bit. It comes in waves. It goes in waves. And I think that's especially true for a program like Nebraska who um, isn't recruiting at the highest level of the sport consistently. If you have five Bryce McGallanses, great. Then you could probably do that whole thing. But the way to win at a place like this, and this is probably both football and basketball, is you take your lumps for a year or two and then you put together a team that culminates in making a really nice run like Tim Miles did in his last two seasons as the coach at Nebraska and I'm not that's that's not an argument for Miles to stay or whatever but that's kind of the formula I think for Nebraska teams to win games it has to be greater than the sum of its parts and it just feels like it's very very far away yeah. from that the and- whole like And then there's no, you know, there's no, there's no connectivity to the, to the coaches, the coaching staff, the, the fans and the players. And it's just all like, we're here, we're going to put on this shirt that says Nebraska. We don't really know. (laughs) We don't really know what that is, but, um, people are going to show up for some reason and we'll, we'll keep doing it. And that'll, and that'll ha it'll happen because of that. No, it's not that easy.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know that the the plan for Hoiberg is to just be this, you know, you're in the portal for seven guys every year. I think ideally you sort of get it the ball rolling and then you let your breeding box grow up over time and, and other guys like that, but they can't get the ball rolling. Like, they, they can't get the, the thing to There's go. There's no foundation. Right, and it doesn't feel like there will be after this year either, and so – your options aren't particularly appealing in any direction for next year. So it's just a, like I said, I mean, I I have so sad. So many people in my life that put an emphasis on Nebraska basketball, which is unusual because that's not really the sport that people generally do that with, but they do. And they're just beaten down right now. Myself included. I have very little interest in watching the sport and it's made even worse when the team that I do watch is this Nebraska team that isn't enjoyable, even when they play well, even when it's the NC state game, you have to spend the whole time wondering when they're gonna fall apart because you know that they will, and then they inevitably do, and then you have very little confidence that they're gonna actually do the things that are gonna result in a win, and then they lose, and then you move in to conference play, where you're staring at a twenty game schedule that you know, Nebraska if they win four games would be pretty remarkably fortunate at this point in time. Yep. And so four wins, will get them right in the neighborhood of uh, 10 wins for the season.
2: 402 we'll, 464 We'll take your calls. Thoughts on Nebraska basketball Nebraska football, as it sounds like set to announce uh, some hires today. Um, so we'll get to all that during the show. But let's take a phone call from Bill to start off this morning. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. How you doing this morning? Pretty good.
1: Good, good. Hey, uh, just wanted to. Gee, if I couldn't pep you guys up a little bit, you guys are spiraling a little bit in depression uh, <laughs> over this uh, basketball issue. Um, uh, I remember back in the days when uh, people were carrying around signs uh, saying "Mo must go." Uh, so we're we're not quite to that point yet. So we're, we we haven't exactly hit rock bottom. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about what's going on with the football team right now. Sounds like we got some good hires coming in. Uh, I'm also excited about the women's basketball team starting nine and zero. Uh, so we do have some positive stuff going on there. And if I remember correctly, uh, we do have a volleyball team, uh, in the playoffs. So, uh, we do have some positive stuff going on. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Hey, Bill, thanks for the call. There are definitely good things going on in, uh, in the world. There always, you know, um, we could definitely, you know, we're going to spend a bunch of time talking about the positive stuff or how you interpret the football hires and, and what, volleyball needs to do to to get to another weekend and and all that stuff um yeah i mean that that's all true while nebraska ball is not fun right now like it's it i i don't want it to sound like it's it's this huge thing and it's like overtaking my life for some people it is but this is the time of
0: year that it's college basketball season
2: as it pertains to nebraska basketball um, you know, you're, there's a there's a, there's a climate. There's like a, uh, you know, a a flow of the calendar year, and you this year it kind of went well. Football really didn't start well, and then was okay, and then really didn't finish well. Upheaval, and then basketball started, and it provided this kind of glimmer of hope. And it's like, all right, let's let's give this a run. And it's December seventh. And, you know, all I, all, the expectation that I point out at the beginning of every year for Nebraska basketball is let's, let's make it interesting. Let's play some competitive basketball that means something in February, you know. That doesn't even include March, but let's just, let's just give it February for now. It's December 7th. We're not even out of the non-conference slate. The conference season hasn't even started, really. They still have another bye game at home. Christmas hasn't happened. So that's, I, I, like, it's that. And it's self-contained in basketball. There's always perspective that goes along with it. But um, it's it's really disappointing. It's really disappointing and frustrating, and infuri- infuriating, maddening. I mean, listen to Fred Hoiberg talk about it last night. I mean, just in, in any quote that he had, um, I'll just play one of them here, just talking about what it might look like going forward.
3: Well, again, I mean, if you sit here and hang your heads and feel sorry for yourself, it's going to get a lot worse. So, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. we got to bounce back with two energetic days and put this one behind us, and hopefully it was a one, one-time one deal.
2: Here's when he walked He walked up to the podium last night, and he was asked just one, one question. He usually usually says it all in the first, you know, 30 seconds. And last night, that was, again, the case. I was right about
3: that. I, You know, I've never been a part of one like this, where we just quit competing, and... You know, it's so discouraging. Missed shots early, it affected our energy all over the floor. After playing a game last week, a couple days ago in Indiana, where the shot wasn't falling in, but man, we competed and guarded and rebounded and followed the game plan. Today, it was just, we were completely out of it. And it's embarrassing, it's humiliating, and to find a way to fix it but it's uh very very discouraging what i saw out there as a group collectively you know that wilhelm fought his ass off out there i thought he was battling you know we'll get a scan on him tomorrow to see uh see the extent of the injury but you know I mean, got to get back at it got a top 15 team that we're playing basically on the road on saturday and it's just unacceptable. It can't happen.
2: That's the. I mean, like we can't just sit here and act like it doesn't exist. No. <laughs> this was this was a lot. This was a hire that people put a lot of stake into, um, and the well, university. Third season. The though. university has invested heavily in, and we thought we all thought would work. And it, you know, we're not going to just sit here and say, eh, you know, well, for, just, let's just forget about them. No, this stuff is important. It's important to the to the ecosystem of where we are a Lincoln you know the state the university obviously it's not it's not up to standard
0: yeah I I just go back to this and this is I mean you're in your third year you haven't even made it as you said to Christmas the feeling is as low as it can possibly get year one you write off okay you have to flip the roster or whatever Year two, all right, you're dealing with a little bit of the, the pandemic and you don't have a full non-conference slate to kind of get into things. You flip the roster again. Year three, it's just the expectation that you should be more competitive than what Nebraska has been, and it's just a, it's a mixed bag of things. To, you know, Last night was like the, the one night where it's like they didn't come out and really play with any sort of heart, effort, whatever you want to call it. That in itself is very unusual. You know, yes. we've talked about that that's a number rare. of times. That's its own sort of problem, which is concerning in the sense that, okay, that's, you know, as, as Michael Brunson would say, that shot's in their bag. It means they can come out at any time. The other real concern is it's hard to figure out how this is going to work now. Two seasons and, yeah. what
2: are we, 10 games in? It's already scary from a basketball perspective.
0: From a long, like, short term, looks atrocious. Long term, doesn't look good. Yeah, like it's not much better. There's not a whole lot that you can basically be like, well, you know, you got a couple pieces here that you can kind of build around. You're just going to be starting from scratch again, and if you start from scratch, you know what, you're not going to probably be able to do bring in the big men that you need to compete in the conference. Go, you know, like you're you're still going to have to be grasping at shooting in a way that's just remarkable that this is still an issue for Nebraska three years in. For a team that really wants to be able to shoot the basketball. Yep. So it's just, you know, you can you can go short-term view of it. You can go long-term view of it. None of it is good. None of it makes you feel like this is the sort of thing that is going to end up fixing itself. And then throw in the entirety history, the entire history of Nebraska basketball, where you go back to that day in March when Fred Hoiberg's announced his hire, and that was rejuvenating. This is a guy that had success in the college basketball landscape. This is a guy that has coached in the NBA. This is a guy that knows the Midwest. This is a guy that has a strong understanding, and I believe this, has a very strong understanding of the sport. Nebraska wasn't supposed to get coaches like this. They get one, and it hasn't, not only has it not worked, it's been an utter (coughs) um, abomination. (coughs) So, it just basically... Everyone feels very defeated at the moment, from Hoiberg to the players
2: to the fan base. Let's take a phone call four zero two four six four five six eight five. More from you guys. Uh, it's Chris on the line now. Hey, Chris. Good morning.
4: Hey, hey guys. Great show. Uh, December seventh, day that'll live in Nebraska basketball infamy. Is this uh, the Pearl Harbor of Hoiberg? Yikes! Which can be a good thing because we recovered from that. So you know, we we did pretty well at our at the real Pearl Harbor. So you know. Uh This could be uh something that marks a time when things turned around. But I tried to get to the Haymarket yesterday, uh left about 730, to get there about 745, thinking I could beat the crowd. And, oh, man, they were running out of that place like you wouldn't believe it. Can't imagine how much they lost in concessions. They gained them in uh, areas around in the, the stadium. But, yeah, they, they just lost a lot. But this is Hoiberg's M.O. as far as this is, you know, we're not going to have – uh a building process. It's going to be a new year every year. You know, that's, uh, that's what he did before the transfer portal became cool. Um, you know, it's just, uh, so some years going to hit gold. I mean, we have, we have a top 10 recruiting class this year. I I, was number nine or something or, uh, so, uh, but I think McGowan has been a bust. Uh, he, he cannot play against top tier competition. It doesn't look like he beat the crud out of little, the, the cruddy teams, but uh he's getting his butt whooped in the Big Ten. Uh he's been embarrassed these two first two Big Ten games. Yep. Played okay versus NC State. Took, you know, twenty three shots, nine of twenty three to score twenty four, so nothing to get excited about. But uh he's he's kind of been a bust so far.
2: Oh for sure. Yeah, for sure, Chris. it's time to take all that stuff into account. Uh let's go ahead and not compare Nebraska basketball to Pearl Harbor. I'm good with that. Okay, good. As long as we're all good with that, um, but yeah, I it, mean it's it's time to it's time to really think about what this thing looks like going forward.
0: Well, it's- and the the McGowan thing, like we sat here in the off season and we expressed skepticism that he was going to be a guy that could be your number one player for this team. He felt more like he needed to be your number three or number four. Right now, he very much has to be your number two. There's no one behind him that can be the number two player on the team. And the only guy in front of him that is very clearly your number one scoring option has his own set of issues. So it's I I don't want to, like, take any shots at Bryce because he's obviously trying. But I think what he's being asked to do is more than where he's at right now. And that is just a reflection of this roster. 100
2: percent. Ideally, you would have liked to kind of bring him. It's it's a tale as old as time. Any good player. Um, ideally, if you have more of a foundation, you could kind of just bring them along a little bit, a little bit. And what Bryce needs to be right now is to be the A one alpha dog, aggressive, you know, score the stopper, all of those things. And he's just not ready to do that. Not in the in this conference. He, no, he he's. I mean, he's really good. He's really talented, and it'll come. But they need so much more from him right now than, than what he's on pace to do that it's not fair. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not fair to ask him. And it's not really fair to ask all of it of Verge either yeah, because really. of his limitations and size and stuff like that. So, I, you know, I, that can all – that could be a good picture. These guys are good ball players. It could be a much better picture if Nebraska had a better foundation. And they just, there. it feels like there's no ground to stand on right now. I mean, they essentially have three backups in starting
0: roles in Tominaga, Lat, and Derek Walker. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm at the point with Lat where I don't even know what he gives you at any point in a game. Um, and I don't, you know, he's not alone in that regard. I mean, Derek Walker played, and this is a tough matchup for him. He played 19 minutes, he put up zero shots, he went one of two from the line, he had four rebounds. I mean, that's your, just your big man. Like, there's just not enough to fill out this roster for Nebraska to survive on McGgolon's and and Virg alone, especially when you don't have Trey McGowans who isn't going to fill up the hoop, but he'd at least probably give you eight points and a couple of you know attacking attempts and everything else.
2: You have to really consider um and I want to get to this in a second after the phone call, but you, you got to really consider how the roster is being built and and what surrounds you and like context is always super important. I'm gonna get to that here in just a second. Uh, Dave's on the line now. Hey, Dave.
1: Hey, Connor. Hey, Mike. You know uh, that was bad last night. I mean, how many? You could count at least eight seconds when a couple Michigan players were just wide open for threes. They stood there for like who knows how how many times was that? That was like six or seven times.
2: Yeah, there was one. Where they did not even
1: defend the three. There was and one they had all day just to. Set up their shot. I've never seen anything like that. But no, you guys are spot on. I mean, when the McGowan brothers leave next year, and then Burge is gone, and then if you got a couple guys that leave, you're going to build the roster again. If if Hoyberg's still there, but no, this is a, this is not good. I mean, my uh, Mike is, Mike's spot on. I mean, you got two scores, and everybody else is on the bench. I mean, my goodness, this look. I know I'm not trying to be negative, but it's maybe it's a realistic. You might win two games or three games in the month of December and January. And then and then you're done for the year. And then that's when it gets worse because maybe then a lot of bird says, Okay, the team's going nowhere. I gotta just start, you know, trying to score because I want to and press scouts for maybe an NBA or something like
2: that. Yeah, it felt like, like that, that. It, but, it felt like that yeah, at thanks, times guys. last night. Thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate it. I mean look and in I, I'll, I'll credit Verge because he actually wanted to be out there last night. <laughs> he was like, nothing else is working. I'm, I'm just going to take this ball and and try and score there
0: it. There was – I don't know if you remember this exactly. There was like a run in the first half where I think Verge himself scored six or eight straight points for yeah. Nebraska. But each time down the floor, Michigan just rotated the ball to an open three-pointer. And so despite the fact Nebraska scored on three straight possessions – It was one on five. They ended up like – Trailing by five more points than when the first four possessions.
2: It's start. amazing, and, and like we oftentimes, coaches oftentimes talk about offense leading to defense, defense leading to offense. You need some positive reinforcement, whether it's getting a stop or watching the ball go through the hoop or something like that. And so quickly last night, it just turned into man, not none of the. We're not getting any positive reinforcement on anything. It's it's time to go, and you get a you know a you miss a shot on the offensive end another bad shot or maybe even a good look and it doesn't go those are to a certain point even more frustrating than the ones that are bad shots and then they made it look so easy in transition yeah they're an athletic team they're they're you know they're talented and they know what they're doing they know where they're going and stuff like that but holy smokes, man, get back on defense. They had several breakaway layups, dunk opportunities that just yeah. were way too easy. Dave was talking about slacking off on defense a little bit. There was one where a guy helped out on the wing. They bounced past it, slow bounce past like a middle schooler, into the corner. The guy like took a deep breath, thought about it. And then shot it. And, and I think no one he, got out there on and, no, him. and nobody was ever out there on him. Nobody even thought... Yeah, he oh, was in the corner closest to the, the media yeah, section. Yeah, nobody even I thought... Can, I
0: can visualize it right now hey, in my head. Hey, why,
2: while this guy is considering taking this three, let's jump out on him. No, and, and he missed it anyway. But, like, that stuff, you can't... It can't be a thing. Oh. It, it can't exist. There's five guys against five other guys. That guy shouldn't be open for five seconds. There's no way that that should happen. Yeah. Um, and I don't care what point of the game it is. I don't care if you're down by 40 in the second half. Put some guys out there who want to do it. And that's the issue um, for Nebraska basketball right now. There, There's nothing that they, like, you asked Fred Hoiberg repeatedly last night, or, you know, we asked Fred Hoiberg last night repeatedly, like, do you change the lineup going forward? Do you do you change a style of play? What do you do? And And – he was pressed on this multiple times and basically the answer amounted to this every time.
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna consider everything the next two days.
2: Everything to being considered. And so far, in these moments, opportunity for change, they haven't done anything. Yeah. It's let's just be who we are. Let, let's try and let's try and be this team again. And, um, well, the way they're constructed,
0: there's not like there's another. You know, we've we talked about this. Like you, you said this in a moment that Trey McGallans went out against Creighton. Like there's not another way for this team to win because they don't have like they're not full of versatile players that can do a bunch of different things. They're full of guys that sort of have one skill, and a lot of them that skill is shooting, and it just is not showing yeah. up. Yeah, Wiltshire. I mean, yeah, man. man. He's in a as deep of a slump as you can. Find I,
2: right when now. I tell you guys, when I tell you guys that that guy is a good shooter, I mean it. He he really is. Yeah. But holy I smokes, think he's like two of his last twenty six. He, he can't be out there if he's. Yeah. It, it, if, the thing is, if
0: he's not out there, then who is? Right. Like Keon Edwards, who we had heard good stuff about during his you know his fall camp, and then. He really has not shown any of it. It is a team designed
2: to do one thing,
0: and they can't do it. And they can't do
2: the one thing. And who knows? It, you know, Breedenbach will see when he's back. That didn't look good. They have to really consider. They have to really consider that the the way that they they built this roster, and there seems to be some sort of a disconnect in between. I mean, a not the players that you're getting, the players that recruit that you're recruiting. And the style that you want to play. I, I, I know they they considered this last year when they were in the huge funk and right after the COVID pause and they played 15 games in 30 days. It's like we got to do we got to do something different. So I think it's it's in the it's in the works at some point. Like they that that shots in their bag. Like yeah. like we've kept saying. Um, so there's there's not only that part of it, but then it's also context too, contextual what is this team designed to do and how does that work based on the teams that you're playing on a nightly basis?
0: And some of it is just in terms of the, the recruiting, like they haven't given themselves a
2: lot of defined guys. You, you have the way that this roster has been created. You have, you are admitting before every single game, you are telling everyone playing out there to see that we're going to get killed on the boards, especially the offensive boards. We're, not going to be very good at defending. Yeah, we could lock in defending. You could control, you could control yeah. effort-wise, and that's usually been there, but we can't be that good because we're not that long and we're not that physical. And we there's there's no other kind of gear to this. So you have essentially pigeonholed yourself into being this three-point shooting barrage team and you're you're telling everybody that before the game and then on top of that you can't do it. Yeah. It's well, and then there's another factor in all of this too.
0: Like, and it's what I was just saying. Like, you don't have a defined, you don't have defined position, so you don't have, you don't have a, a really a big man, and you also don't have a point guard. And I feel like that has been exposed a lot. Like, Verge can do a lot of the scoring. Verge can do a lot of the ball handling. I think having an actual point guard setting things up can yeah. get you out of those funks where it feels like you're never going to score another bat. But he
2: can't, I mean, DP and I were talking, we got to take a break here soon, but DP and I were talking about this yesterday is like, do you, you know, do you move verge off the ball? So, you know, he can, he can get some shots and yeah, he's, he's the one true kind of scorer that you have on your team. And my answer to that is, okay. Is is that is the guard combo then Kobe Webster and, well, and Alonzo Verge?
0: You, you built a team without a
2: point guard. But you can't do that either because you're going to get absolutely smoked on the defensive end. Right. You can't play six foot and six one on defense in the Big Ten. You're
0: already sort of doing it when you have Tominaga as a starter playing 33 minutes anyway. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's. The construction of all of it has, if you don't shoot, it just has completely crumbled,
2: as we have talked about. I, I would like to uh, take this phone call, but we have to take a break here first. We'll come back. More up next. Follow Connor and Mike on Twitter, at Connor Happer, at Mike J. Schaefer. You're listening to Happer and Shaper.
5: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.